Hi, welcome to the podcast. In this session, we will cover the palm coin nomenclature for abnormal uterine bleeding in the reproductive age female patient. In November of 2010, the International Federation of Gynecology and Obstetrics, or FIGO, officially adopted a new classification system for the causes of abnormal uterine bleeding, or AUB, in the reproductive years. This adopted scheme was published in 2011. The system was based on the acronym POMCOIN, which stood for polyps, adenomyosis, leiomyomata, malignancy and hyperplasia, coagulopathy, ovulatory disorders, endometrial causes, iatrogenic causes, and those not yet classified. This was developed in response to concerns about the design and interpretation of basic science and clinical investigation as it relates to abnormal uterine bleeding. This new scheme sought to divide the potential causes of abnormal uterine bleeding into two main groups. Structural etiologies, defined as the palm group, again, that was polyps, adenomyosis, leiomyomata, or malignancy and hyperplasia, or functional causes, again, representing the coin designation, again, that was coagulopathy, ovulatory disorders, endometrial causes, iatrogenic causes, and the N was for those not yet classified. In this new scheme, some traditional terms were abandoned in this new FIGO nomenclature. Terms like dysfunctional uterine bleeding and hypermenorrhea, hypomenorrhea, menomenorrhagia, menorrhagia, or oligomenorrhea were all abandoned in the 2010 and then published 2011 new FIGO scheme. Under this new scheme, abnormal uterine bleeding is the parent diagnosis with two subdivisions underneath, intramenstrual spotting or heavy menstrual bleeding. FIGO proposed these changes first in 2011 and then ACOG subsequently adopted. The college also recognizes certain suggested normal limits for menstrual patterns in the adult reproductive years. For frequency of menses, a normal pattern is defined as about every 24 to every 38 days, with a flow duration of about 4 to 8 days maximum. The volume of monthly blood loss, which again is more of a research term since women don't know the amount of volume of blood loss, but normally is classified as a normal amount in ML of anywhere from 5 to 80 per menstrual cycle. When abnormal uterine bleeding is diagnosed, the evaluation begins with a thorough medical history and the appropriate diagnostic evaluation. Now, this may include a pelvic exam, testing for sexually transmitted infections, diagnostic imaging, and laboratory tests, including screening for coagulopathies in women who meet those recommendations. Diagnostic evaluation may include ultrasound evaluation and direct visualization of the uterine cavity by hysteroscopy or with saline infusion ultrasound, and that may also include tissue sampling in the form of an endometrial biopsy. The evaluation then leads to a diagnosis, which by palm coin is once again either a structural or functional etiology. 
Again, the categories are divided into PALM, representing structural causes, and COEIN, representing non-structural causes. Once a diagnosis of abnormal uterine bleeding is made, a treatment plan can be developed. This may include medical management for both structural and non-structural diagnoses and surgical interventions when appropriate. Now, there may be many alternatives to hysterectomy that allow women to improve their quality of life and solve their abnormal bleeding problems. These include such procedures as myomectomy, uterine artery embolization, hysteroscopic tissue removal, polyp resection, and even even endometrial ablation in the appropriate patients. In some cases, hysterectomy may be recommended as the final and best option. All right, when we come back, let's take a look at the specific components of each letter that makes up the Palm Coin acronym. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's take a look at the acronym letter by letter in more detail. For polyps, remember that this has to do with either endometrial or cervical polyps. Now, in order to diagnose endometrial polyps, remember that that requires either direct visualization of the cavity by hysteroscopy or saline infusion ultrasound. Sometimes on endometrial biopsy, the tissue diagnosis can be read as polypoid endometrium. This is not considered to be a polyp per se and still requires better visualization of the cavity for formal diagnosis. The A in palm stands for adenomyosis. Now, the role of adenomyosis in the genesis of abnormal uterine bleeding is still kind of controversial, although a history of pelvic pain and abnormal uterine bleeding may be predictive of the diagnosis. Remember that the diagnosis of adenomyosis traditionally was a pathological diagnosis of examined uterine specimens where the depth of endometrial tissue beneath the endometrial myometrial border could be studied. Not only do these histopathological criteria vary substantially, they also don't offer an approach that's helpful in a clinical setting because it requires the uterus for evaluation. Now, whereas MRI was the first imaging modality to demonstrate sensitivity for the prediction of the histopathological diagnosis of adeno, it's not accessible readily to most clinicians worldwide and is expensive. More recently, sonographic criteria for the diagnosis of adeno have been found to be comparable with magnetic resonance imaging. Suggested ultrasonographic criteria that can predict adeno are a globular uterus with asymmetry in the anterior and posterior wall. They've also described acoustic shadowing of the endometrial cavity, which could be suspicious for adenomyosis. Remember that adenomyosis can also be treated medically with hormonal suppression in a vast majority of cases. 
The L stands for leiomyomata, and remember that fibroids detected on ultrasound or other imaging tool should be subclassified based on location, size, and number. Submucosal fibroids are the most likely to distort the cavity and result in patterns of heavy menstrual bleeding. The last letter in the structural category is M for malignancy and the pre-malignant changes. This, of course, includes endometrial intraepithelial neoplasia. Endometrial hyperplasia or malignancy may occur because of an ovulatory disorder. However, when they are diagnosed histologically, the individual is characterized as having AUB-M for malignant or pre-malignant condition and then subclassified by the appropriate World Health Organization or FIGO system. Now that we have covered the structural or the physical causes as palm, let's talk about the functional causes quickly. The C in coin is, of course, coagulopathies. Now, although there exists a spectrum of systemic disorders of hemostasis or coagulopathies, the most common of these is von Willebrand disease, which is an entity that, in well-designated trials, has been identified in approximately 13 up to 20% of women with heavy menstrual bleeding. The frequency can be even higher in young adolescent patients. Approximately 90% of patients with these abnormalities can be identified by a structured history, coupled with objective confirmation with testing for von Willebrand factor and Ristocetin cofactor and other assays of coagulation function as deemed appropriate. The next letter in the acronym, of course, is O for ovulatory disorders. In this category, this reflects patterns of anovulation usually, so things like PCOS can go under ovulatory disorders. Next is letter E. Now, that stands for endometrial causes. Now, this is a little tricky because, remember, we've already covered polyps. That's not where the polyp designation goes because that's under the structural part for palm. Well, if that's the case, what's under endometrial causes? Well, endometrial causes in this case has to do with heavy, predictable, and cyclic bleeding in an otherwise normal endometrial cavity. So here's the thing. This likely represents some hematological abnormality at the level of the endometrial layer. So at the present time, there's no clinically available specific test for these disorders. Therefore, the diagnosis of AUB letter E, is probable if there are no other identifiable abnormalities. So, of course, it is also quite possible that women may have AUB, letter E, while simultaneously having another factor like a structural abnormality, like a polyp, adenomyosis, or leiomyomata. So, the circumstances begs the availability of assays for the known molecular disorders that contribute to AUB, letter E, thereby allowing a more definitive diagnosis. So for now, endometrial causes, or letter E, do not have to do with things like polyps, which fits under the structural category. Letter E may have to do with hormonal coagulative disorders at the level of the endometrium. So right now, this is kind of a vague box, but some people would even put infectious causes of the endometrium, like endometritis in a gynecology patient, as abnormal uterine bleeding, letter E. 
For the next letter, which is letter I, that category is iatrogenic. This is pretty self-explanatory. When unscheduled endometrial bleeding occurs as a side effect of medications given to a patient, which can include progestin-only contraception, contraception in general, Lupron, or any type of hormonal manipulation, the diagnosis is abnormal uterine bleeding iatrogenic. Lastly, the last letter in the acronym is the letter N, which stands for not yet classified. This is overall a, quote, trash can diagnosis when everything else has been ruled out. There are a number of uterine and other entities that may or may not contribute to cause abnormal uterine bleeding in a given individual, but they have not been readily identified or appropriately defined. So for right now, this term of not otherwise category can be thought to replace the previous historical term of, quote, dysfunctional uterine bleeding after a complete workup does not find any true etiology for the condition. Remember that dysfunctional uterine bleeding is now a historical term since the term was abandoned in this new FIGO nomenclature. Alright, that wraps up our quick review of the palm coin nomenclature for abnormal uterine bleeding in the reproductive age patient. Remember, this palm coin designation does not apply to postmenopausal bleeding. Bleeding in the menopausal state, again, is postmenopausal bleeding and should be considered cancer to prove otherwise. The palm coin system does not apply to postmenopausal patients. Thanks for listening to Clinical Pearls. We'll see you next time.